We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hour number two of the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yo. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey at Why These Cowboys Offensive Changes Will Lead to One of Dak Prescott's Best Seasons, According to This Beat Writer. We'll see if it's true or not here on your home of the Cowboys. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula if you want to get at us. On Twitter, coming up in 17 minutes, Levi Weaver of The Athletic, covering all things Major League Baseball, is going to join us as the Rangers have the day off today before they get back on the diamond tomorrow to begin a weekend series with the Minnesota Twins, who are fighting to win the AL Central. Meanwhile, your Texas Rangers in the middle of a real, real fight with the Astros and the Mariners trying to secure the AL West. The Texas Rangers get back on the diamond tomorrow, of course, pregame can be heard beginning at 6.30 tomorrow here on 105.3 The Fan. But John Machota of The Athletic gives us our next piece of content here. Johnny Why? Matches, baby. That's my guy, man. John Machota been cooking all offseason. Excited for him and yet another upcoming season covering this Cowboys team. Gives us this latest piece of content. Yeah, and he keeps cooking here. This is fantastic content. And if you, if you have a uh, subscription to The Athletic, Always make sure that you're reading John Machota. Please. Um, in this, good stuff. <laughs> in this instance, he reached out to Tim, Tim Jenkins, who was an undrafted rookie free agent quarterback for the St. Louis Rams in 2013. Why that time in particular? He played under Brian Schottenheimer, who was the team's OC at that point. In addition to that, Jenkins played in the CFL, and for the last decade, he has been a quarterback coach um, at Jenkins Elite Academy. Um, so he's been doing some quarterback coaching. He's very particular to that, you know, the, that portion of the game. So obviously all those things, co- uh, you know, coalesce here when we're talking about Dak Prescott and the ways that his season might go, Brian Schottenheimer's influence on this offense and what all of this is going to mean as it comes together. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case, right, the first question is, you know, with Schottenheimer, Schottenheimer was quoted as saying the Cowboys will keep about 70% of the same offense. And what our guy Tim Jenkins points to is that you could say that because pretty much in the NFL, 70% of all offenses are the same. And I was like, huh, that's an interesting perspective of looking at it. Okay. I mean, look, the hashes are narrow compared to college football. You're basically getting to the same things out of pretty much similar situations. You're doing the same things across most of the league. It's that 30% that differentiates any team from any team. So when you say 70% is the same, no duh. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting way of looking at that. Maybe he, you know, maybe Schottenheimer was just kind of giving us Saying a lot or saying a little while saying a lot or saying a lot while saying a little, mm-hmm. whichever one is uh, particularly applicable in that instance. Um, but then 
what he talks about is the footwork in this offensive change. And mm. one of the things that he starts talking about is how foot the footwork in West Coast offenses, which obviously we know West Coast principles are being brought to this offense this year. That we've you've heard a lot about it being called the Tex Coast or whatever. Um, the idea that footwork goes hand in hand with processing in the system. In fact, he says Tim Jenkins again says at one point that like with any quarterback, you should be able to see their progression in their footwork. And so it's so tied in that way that your footwork should be tied to your progression and getting the ball out. And so there should be like an interconnectedness there. And it seems like there's going to be more pure, at least in theory in a West Coast offense, more pure progression situations where you go option one, option two, option three. And the ability to process that information quickly because West Coast offense principles your footwork's got to be quicker. We're talking about three-step drops, being able to see information and be able to process and make decisions rather quickly. And, of course, with it being quick, that means, and that's why your processing has to be tied to your footwork because you need to be ready to throw as soon as you see it, which Mm -hmm. means your feet need to be in the right place. So Mm -hmm. as you're progressing and setting up for option one, your feet need to be facing option one, right? Like those, that's all what he's saying there. So obviously those things are going to be tied together. Now your decision-making is going to be helped by your mechanics. Your mechanics are going to be helped by your decision-making, right? In addition to that, that will then lean into getting the ball out quicker, right? And one of the things that uh, Tim Jenkins says in this piece on The Athletic is that um, sometimes with quarterbacks, especially ones that are really sound, is that sometimes they'll you know pass open the first option, even though it's open, to get to something else for whatever reason. And he said that is going to be a no-go with Shoddy. First option's open, get it to him. Right? Same. Like, first, first, first open option, get it to him. Yeah. Right? And so... I wonder. I'm really intrigued by that note because what do you hear there? I'm interested in your pers- like how you read that idea of first first option that's open in the progression. Get it to him no matter what. That to me, the word that comes to mind is decisiveness. See it, throw it, go, make the decision, process the information, and then be able to make the throw on time. Because not only we talk about the footwork, but this is also a rhythm and a timing based offense as well. So your ability to process that information and make that decision will not only allow the receiver to be in the right spot where they need to be, but then also be able to make another play based off your ability to get to the football on time. So that that word comes to mind for me is decisiveness when I hear that. And worth noting, Again, worth noting is that this is Tim Jenkins, former um, NFL and CFL quarterback who played under Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer is the OC. He's going to help put these things together, but ultimately Mike McCarthy is the play caller, right? And we understand that supposedly this offense is not going to be a straight West Coast offense. So you know, with all those caveats, the thing that I find interesting is that I I, I think there's going to be less consideration for who is this particular re- receiver in this point, and you know what am I? Tra- it's just going to be what is the what is the scheme getting me get the ball out and like you said, quick making quick decisions, not having to add those extra variables to your decision making. I wonder how that's going to play. Also with the you know with uh, the the viewers, with the fans out there, you know, and with us, right, us in the media. Mm-hmm. How are we going to take that the first time? It's like why did you go there when that one was open? When in all reality, it sounds like with, within this offense and within this, the principles of this offense, first one that's open within the progression, get the ball there, other receivers be damned. Okay, I like where he's going here because now we're talking about this in the context of also eliminating turnovers as well. The more decisive you can be with the football, the quicker you can make a decision. Hopefully that eliminates the turnover, which then allows your offense to be that much more efficient but also being able to protect the football to be able to string together that many more plays within this offense. Now, again, we're talking about the changes in these offense and how they will help Dak Prescott hopefully have the mm-hmm. best season of his career. And going on further in this, 
McCarthy has talked about in training camp that the biggest challenge or the biggest change will be protection in the passing game. And Tim Jenkins um, says that, you know, the challenge he saw was from the mental side of the game. And so when it comes to your protections, your protections are going to be dictated by the defensive front. So how the defense lines up will then dictate how the offensive line protects. And that is going to be almost static. Like everyone should know what those are. So, like, um, with that being the case, obviously the quarterback is still going to be multiple, responsible for making sure that it's all in the right place. But, you know, you, there's a lot of built-in checks that the quarterback's going to need to handle. Like, all right, well, this is what we're seeing, so this is what it needs to be. It's not even just going to be like, this is my preference and we'll figure it out. This is, this is what the West yeah. Coast offense calls for this kind of defensive setup. So, boom, 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 this is the check that we need to make. So, that's going to be on Dak's, uh, Dak's shoulders. But one thing I personally feel comfortable about is that Dak has done a lot of pre-snap yes. adjustment. He's done a lot of protection shifting. And that's one of his biggest strengths, his ability to read pre-snap and be able to make those adjustments and calls at the line. One of the things that he's lauded for universally across the National Football League is the ability to diagnose pre-snap. This plays well into his skill set and the strength that he has in, in the ability to do so. So another thing, McCarthy has talked about wanting to get the play call into Dak Prescott quickly, mm-hmm. right? And that, in a way, is putting more on his plate. And the thing that I found so interesting about this, and I need to find the exact quote within what I'm looking at, is that, you know, you're, you want to get up there quickly. You want to get the play so you can, you know, if you need to kill, kill, kill or whatever, because obviously we're talking about protections and all these things. But he said, and I quote, there's not a lot of defense for the quarterback in the system. It puts everything on the quarterback. And I'm, sure. I'm very intrigued. Um, to see how people react to this, right? He says, um, that's why I think the system is going to be way more friendly to Dak. There are going to be plenty of situations where you see he he kills something, and then if he still gets goes to a check down quickly, he probably made the wrong adjustment. That's not a lot of there's not a lot of defense for the quarterback if we put all of this on your plate and you're still not getting it done. That's a bigger issue. So I'm this is going to be According to Tim Jenkins, a uh, a quarterback who's played under Brian Schottenheimer, this is probably going to be like a pretty, you know, a litmus test, a pretty clear cut litmus test of do you do you think Dak can do what you need him to do? It should be it should be pretty clear to the people that understand you know the schematics of what's happening if he is capable of doing it or if it's not. So there's a lot of people that have had so much conversation and consternation about Dak Prescott for years and years and years at this point. Mm-hmm. And I look, I don't even know if I should say it like this, but it feels like, according to Tim Jenkins again, and if he is correct in what he is he is saying here, that this is going to be a very, very telling season for this quarterback. The responsibility of this offense and what it calls for from a diagnosing of protection your ability to read pre-snap, what you want to do with the football, the decision-making and the decisiveness at which you make those decisions with, all of that is shouldered upon the quarterback within this offense, and Dak Prescott is capable of handling this. We've seen over the last couple years when he has been at his best, his ability to be accurate with the football, make good decisions, and be able to put this offense in a position where they are playing with a rhythm and a pace that allows him to be one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL. That is what he's capable of. Now the question is, in this offense, with decisions, checks, calls being brought in quickly, can you process that information quickly enough based on what this offense calls for? I think he can do that, but that puts that on his shoulders to be able to do that on a consistent basis week in and week out. Yeah, processing is the name of the game, not just for the quarterback, but also for the wide receivers. What was one of your favorite watch words for this team early on in the preseason? Play purpose. 
That's one, right? And so yeah. not only the quarterbacks knowing everybody in the involved in the play, understanding what needs to happen, where you need to be. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Tim Jenkins is talking about here is that um the West Coast offense is exact. So, like, especially when you talk about wide receivers, right? There's places for you to be. Yes. And you need to be in those places. Maybe there's wiggle room for like a slot wide receiver to do some different stuff, which, hey, good for you. You've got a really good one in CD Lamb. But when it comes to like the other wide receivers, there's there's a particular place for you to be, and there's not going to be like decisions on the fly. Decisions on the fly, you are to be in these spots. And of course, this is again in a stereotypical West Coast offense. We'll see how that is adjusted for this particular Texas team or Cowboys team. But that actually sounds kind of nice because what did we talk about so much miscommunications? And then mm-hmm. also, if the scheme is doing what the scheme should do, what we should also see, hopefully with the talents that these wide receiving core has compared to last year, separation. Because that was something that was a problem for sure last year. Yep. As much as people want to put this all on a, a singular place, there was there was reasons to be spread around for the inconsistencies that happened at times in this offense, and separation was one of those. And that, or the lack thereof. Yeah, and that led to some of the turnover problem. Your inability for your receivers to separate because the talent wasn't good enough at the receiver position to have them consistently do that. And then on the quarterback for seeing things that weren't necessarily there and making poor decisions, which led to interceptions, especially in situations in the, you know, the ends of first halves where you were throwing, you know, interceptions, you know, late in the second quarter when you're trying to put points on the board. Hopefully some of that gets eliminated based off of their ability to simplify some of this on the offense when it comes to the West Coast here. So let's take this all down to the very final point. So, I mean, the West Coast offense has been around for a long time. It's had a lot of success, and I will quote the man verbatim. There's nothing like knowing exactly what you're supposed to do in a game that moves at light speed when those lights come on. That's also why I think you see the most quarter, most quarterbacks have some of their best years coming from it. It's not a knock against other offenses. Dak is made in a very prototypical manner for, for who is successful in the NFL. He's an accurate passer. He can drive the ball down the field. He's athletic enough to move around. He has all the making, and that's why I think he's going to be super successful in the West Coast. So there you go. Like these okay. are the things from a play, a man who has played, or well, one who coaches quarterbacks now, but who previously has played in the West Coast offense. Looking at Dak Prescott, looking at the offense that you have, and saying this is going to be a success for this, this, and this reason for Dak Prescott. So I think that that is a hopeful look at what you have coming up, beginning on September 10th and carrying on on through the rest of this uh, 2023 Cowboy season. It's going to be a fascinating watch of this offense this year with the changes that are being made and how much cleaner hopefully this quarterback will be in terms of his decision-making and cutting down on those turnovers to allow this offense to be as efficient as it can be given the potential of its playmakers on both uh, the wide receiver room and, of course, the running back with Tony Pollard. Good stuff there with John Michelle and Tim Jenkins with respect to what that could look like for Dak Prescott this upcoming season. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we talk a little Rangers baseball with Levi Weaver of The Athletic next on your home of the Rangers, 105 through the fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. So get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Larry D. Flores on the down for here on this Thursday night. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey at the text line 877-881-1053. I'm just saying it out of habit. I know. I, I That's yeah. exactly when you start. I was yeah. waiting to see if you would say it out of habit. Yep, out of habit. Unfortunately, it's a little out of order right now, but we appreciate you. Trey Manifest, Dehan, Jonathan S., Hyperman Harry, Hype Man Harry. Uh, S. Dawkins, all y'all out there. Slice214. We see all y'all hanging with us on the YouTube and the Twitch chat and people tweeting at us. I should give them shout outs as well because there's plenty of those folks. Uh, But we appreciate y'all interacting even when the text line doesn't want to see us be great. That's right. That's right. Twitch.tv slash Dallas fan came in on YouTube as well. Search 105 through the fan on YouTube and hit the subscribe button while you are there. Rangers have the day off today as they get ready to take on the Minnesota Twins tomorrow and begin a weekend series right here on your home of the Rangers. We go to the hotline right now where we welcome in the athletics writer for the wind-up MLB newsletter. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at 3-2-EFIS, friend of the Get Right, Levi Weaver, joining us here on 105. Through the fan, Levi, what's going on? Uh, just uh, just driving home from baseball practice right now. I've been, I've been playing sandlot baseball like I'm 15 years younger than I really am, so... My body's in shambles. How are you guys? <laughs> We're doing quite well. Um, there's many questions when it comes to the Sandlot baseball. Yes, and I'll try not so to, many. Yes. Not, try, to, try not to belabor the time too long. I know the Corey Seager situation, we've been talking a lot about his bat. What's the longest you've kept a bat? I'm sorry, I missed the question. You said what? Corey Seager, you know, he, he was able to keep that bat for a very long time and started developing right. a, a lot of pine tar because he was able to keep it going without uh, it fracturing or anything or splintering. What's the longest you've kept a bat out here? Uh, I have I have not broken a bat yet. I need some wood to knock on. I actually made my own. Like I designed my own bat, and it looks like it has basically like a full sleeve tattoo. Um, it, I'm I'm having fun with it. it. It's very ugly, but I love it. 
I'm glad that you clarified because when you said made my own bed, I thought that you had like taken the lathe. I know, right? Some lumber. You chopping the wood out here? Like, what you doing out here? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I don't have a lathe. Uh, I just ordered like a raw wood bat and then painted it all my own and drew my own designs. Had my kids draw some stuff on it and then put a little finish on it, and it it, it feels nice. It feels good. All right, uh, we have a prospect, Levi Weaver. Uh, can you give us a little <laughs> prospect, prospect scouting report on this player? Uh, this player is 43 years old and has no business playing baseball. <laughs> 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 well, for what you may or may not be able to do on the diamond itself, you are excellent at what you do writing for The Athletic. Of course, it's the wind-up MLB newsletter uh, that you can check out on The Athletic. And for this team in Texas – um, struggling to put it, you know, lightly. What has been your observation of what has been happening over the last, you know, two three weeks with this team as they are now in the middle of a real dogfight in the AL West with the Astros and Mariners at this point? Yeah, they are. This is kind of just one of those things that happens in a baseball season, unfortunately, um, where you lose four or five games and then you look up and you're like, uh oh, the standings are tight. And then everybody kind of just presses, you know, like trying to do too much, trying to hit the six-run home run, trying to strike out seven guys in an inning. Um, And it just seemed like uh, there have been a few times over the last week and a half, two weeks, where you just, you know, have a two-run lead and you're like, they're going to lose this game. You can just feel it coming. And if I can feel it coming watching on TV, you know the players can feel it coming. Um, It just – it takes, and I don't know, maybe taking two out of three in New York is the thing that sets them right. Like, that's still, they still won the series, so that's good. You want to sweep the Mets because the Mets are terrible this year, but it's a series win, um, you know, It's but these things do happen sometimes. They usually don't last for, you know, a month. Uh, they're, the Rangers are a good team. They've got good players. They've got good a good rotation. They've got a good offense. The bullpen's a little shaky, but you know, like you don't expect Rollis Chapman to hit a guy to to walk in the the walk off run. Um, their bullpen, even the the talent that they have in the bullpen, I think is better than what they've shown over the last couple of weeks. So, I think they're still a good team. I think they're a dangerous team once they get into the playoffs with the rotation being what it is, especially if Nate Valdi is back and healthy, which we still, you know, fingers crossed that's going to happen soon. Um, but they got to get in, and they're going to have to right the ship soon. And it's just a matter of getting two or three good wins under their belt. And we've seen the momentum shift for the Rangers a few times this year. You know, we'll see like a seven, like before they went on that one and nine streak or whatever it was. They had an eight-game winning streak, and the world was good, and everything was fine. They're going to rattle off another six or seven-game winning streak at some point. Um, it's just it's getting down to that time where if this happens in mid-May, you go, that was a bad week. That doesn't look great. It happens in August versus September. The Mariners catch them. The Astros catch them. It feels a little more panicked than it would if that had happened, you know, two, three months ago. So they got to get it right. They got to get it right soon. Um, but I think they're still a good enough team to make some noise in the playoffs if they don't completely implode before then. Now, Levi, I mean, we've talked a little bit about it already, but the bullpen obviously has been the bane of Rangers fans' existence for the entirety of the season thus far. And you've gone through <sighs> – multiple instances where you would have opportunities to make it better. And obviously you've made some attempts, but it felt like the last ditch attempt that you probably could have had was the waiver wire, which obviously you were high up and was not going to have a good opportunity. But how shocked were you to see that it was the guardians that claimed a good amount of the, you know, relievers that were available, not some of these NL teams that are vying for um, the playoffs. I can't decide if the guardians did that because they actually think they have a chance to make the playoffs 
or if they did that just because they're like, yeah, but if Minnesota gets them, they're going to be really good, and we hate Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know. It may, have, it may have just been pure pettiness because it's going to cost them, what, like a million and a half dollars or whatever it is. Um, so I don't know. I don't think the Guardians have a chance. Can you imagine? You're like Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, and you start the season on the White Sox. You're like, I gotta, we got a real shot here, boys. We're going to, you know, it's the AL Central's week. Um, we're going to make some noise and then it just completely implodes. And then you get traded to the angels and you're like, cool. I just got traded to a completely dysfunctional family. And then the angels put you on waivers and you're like, all right, here we go. We got a shot. We're going to get picked up by a contender. <laughs> and it's the guardians who are five games back in the central and they're not going to go to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure. Uh, how horrible for them. Like um, if we weren't going to be good at baseball, at least could we live in Los Angeles for a little bit? Right, right. Like, it's, I mean, the guy that got lucky here was Dominic Leone, who ended up with the Mariners. That was the one that surprised me from a Rangers standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leone was in, in camp with the Rangers in spring, uh, didn't make the team. And he went to the, I think, maybe the Red Sox. He was with somebody earlier this year. That sounds right. Ended up with the Angels. They put him on waivers. The Mariners have a good bullpen. I mean, good enough that they traded their closer to the, to the Diamondbacks and still have a good bullpen. How is it that the Mariners put in a waiver claim on Dominic Leone and the Rangers, who have a much worse bullpen, are like, I just don't see where we can. We don't have space. Where are we going to put him? You know, like, I was a little surprised they didn't put in a claim on him. Levi Weaver, the athletic, joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan. I mean, you look at what the Mariners and the Astros and the Rangers obviously focusing in on the AL West. The Mariners have 21 wins in the month of August, red hot month for them. The team that just keeps perplexing me in all of this, I don't feel like the Astros have been great this year, but yet here they are as we get ready to turn mm-hmm. the calendar from August to September. They are at the top tide, albeit, with the Mariners at the top of the AL West. How did we get here with them being in this position at this point? The thing is we're so used to, for the last six, seven years, seeing the Astros be a great team. And they are not a great team this year. Some guys are having some down years. Uh, they, they probably should have signed another starting pitcher or two at the beginning of the, in the offseason. They didn't. They had a trade for Verlander. They're still a good team. And a good team compared to what they've been the last six or seven years is definitely a downgrade. They are not the mighty, mighty Astros of the last few years. But they're still good. There's still a lot of talented players on that team, obviously. Um, they're in first place or tied for it. Or I, I haven't checked the standings today. Um, yeah, they're still very good, and they are a team that also, if they make it to the playoffs, are going to be dangerous because they've been there before. Dusty Baker's a good manager. They've got guys like Altuve and Bregman and Jordan Alvarez, guys that have been there that have done it. Um, yeah, I mean, they're still good, even if they're not great. And I still think that they're probably the Rangers' biggest impediment to winning the AL West. The, the Mariners had a extremely hot August. I don't think they keep that up. I don't think their offense is good enough to keep that up. Um, God bless Julio Rodriguez. He's playing like a, an absolute Martian right now. But their their rotation is good. Their bullpen's good. They've got good pitching. I don't think they have the bats to really put the screws to the rest of the AL West over the course of the rest of this month. Um, and the Rangers and Mariners have, uh, I think, seven games head-to-head. And as far as rotations go, it's nip and tuck. You could make a case for either rotation being the better rotation. I think the Rangers have a much better offense than the Mariners. I think the Mariners have a much better bullpen than the Rangers. And that's how I think we'll probably get to see the, the storyline play out over the course of September. Um, but I think, I think the Astros are going to just plug away, and I would not bet against them because they have enough experience. They know how to win. They're not going to freak out and panic, um, which is exactly what I think the Rangers have done the last two weeks. 
We're talking to Levi Weaver. He is the writer of the Wind Up um, newsletter at The Athletic, talking baseball with us right here on 105 Through the Fan. And um, to quote a viral internet meme, can you help me budget this? My children are dying. Um, <laughs> the Texas Rangers, when it comes to uh, weighted runs created plus, seem to be in low leverage situations, one of literally the best teams in baseball. And when it comes to high leverage situations in the bottom half, of baseball, like, what am I to make of this advanced uh, analytic, this advanced statistic? What is it telling me here? I don't know, man. I mean, this goes back to like a decade-plus-old argument of do you believe in clutch or not? You know, I, I, I'm not going to come out and say like Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager aren't clutch. They've both. I mean, we saw what Seager did in the World Series. He's he is clutch, but. You're right. The numbers are what they are. The Rangers have not done great in high leverage situations. So I don't know whether to tell you if that is coincidence or whether there's something there. Uh, I wish I were smart enough to know. But I, it, it's a great question. I just don't have a good answer for it. Levi, before we let you get out of here, obviously we get ready to turn the calendar to the month of September. Meaningful baseball coming for this Rangers team. What's the one thing that has surprised you most about this season now that we're about to hit the month of September, the final month of the regular season? Um, it has surprised me that Travis Jankowski has been as good as he was. You know, he wasn't even going to make the, the opening day roster. He has cooled down significantly, but he's been a contributing factor. Um, it surprised me that Josh Young has hit with as much power as he did before he was injured. Um, and it surprised me that the bullpen's been as bad as it is. You know, like you talk to people around the league about guys like Josh Spores. And you get the you get the sense that they're waiting for the Rangers to give up on him because he's got great stuff and he's going to put it all together. And we saw him put it together for a month and a half, two months, somewhere in the middle of the season this year. Um, Jose Leclerc has great stuff. He's a guy that I probably wouldn't have in too many high leverage situations. It seems like he doesn't thrive very well in those. Um, but yeah, it's surprising. I think the bullpen has more talent than what they've shown. Um, and then I guess the other big surprise maybe moderate surprise is Martin Perez, who we saw have a breakout year last year. He was an all-star and has gone back to the guy that is inconsistent this year. The the Perez that we saw in his first stint with the Rangers. Um, it's a bad surprise, but it's, I, I expected that he was, I was hoping that that was a corner turned and not just a, an outlier of a season. And it's starting to look like maybe that was an outlier. Also, uh, before we let you go, cause I just recalled this as you were talking about surprises and this surprise popped to mind. And I'll put it very simply, Cole Reagans, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw him in spring training, and he was hitting 99. We're like, hey, uh, that's new. What's up? And you know, he talked about the training program that he had done this offseason. When the Rangers traded Cole Reagans for Aroldis Chapman, there were a lot of people that didn't know about Reagans that were like, they just stole the best reliever on the trade market, and how did they get him for somebody like Cole Reagans, who's like their fifth or sixth starter? And uh, no, they paid, they paid a pretty good price for Chapman. Reagans is very good. He's been basically the best pitcher in baseball the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good for him. I mean, super nice guy. Came back from multiple Tommy John surgeries. His path to the big leagues was so fraught with peril. Um, I'm very happy for him. It's just a bummer it didn't happen here. And also, before I forget, another big surprise, Corey Seager's defense and yeah. Nate Lowe's defense. Both of those guys were not good defensively last year. I, I cannot tell you the number of times that I would turn in the middle of a game and look over at Kennedy Landry, who was sitting next to me, and just be like, he's not a shortstop. I could not wait for them to move Corey Seager off of shortstop because he was not had no range, 
was not a good shortstop. He's been very good this year, and Nate Lowe has vastly improved his uh, defense as well. So that's been a good surprise. Both of those guys on the infield have, have really come along and proven me wrong as far as what I thought they were capable of uh, on defense. He is the writer of the Athletics MLB newsletter. The He's got to be having a ball this time of year because this is your first oh, go around of, of doing the the newsletter like this. Like, what's the what's it been like this time of year doing this thing? Uh, man, this is my first time to do it this time of year, so I don't really even know. Um, but I will say, like, you know, I still watch more Rangers than I do anybody else, just because I live here, and you know, that's the team that I I got to watch something, so it might as well be Rangers. It's been a lot of fun to watch meaningful baseball. I mean, the first year that I covered the Rangers was 2016. They went to the playoffs. It was all fun and exciting. I was like, this job's going to be awesome forever. And then they were just terrible for a lot of years after that. And I would just, you know, every August and September be like, can we please just wave the white flag and be done with this season? (laughs) Um, It's been fun watching them play meaningful baseball. Maybe not as fun the last couple weeks, but I'm excited to – to see how this all plays out for them and also see how uh, see what it's like to try and keep up with multiple pennant races all at once. I'm, I'm new at this, so I'm just I'm trying to find my feet. Well, you can either find him on the diamond or find him on The Athletic writing the uh, the wind-up, the MLB newsletter for The Athletic, or on Twitter at uh, 3-2-EF as he is good enough to join us here on the Get Right. Levi Weaver, The Athletic, here on 105. The fan Levi, as always, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you. Anytime. We'll talk to you guys soon. There he goes, Levi Weaver of The Athletic. Good enough to join us here on The Get Right. We're Reggie KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League where TJ Hawkinson got the bag from Minnesota. How much he got next on The Get Right. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right. We're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Larry D. Flores holding it down for you here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. College football. Big showcase tonight. Florida and Utah. As Utah handling business so far against the University of Florida. As college football weekend is just about here. Uh, the big game of the weekend highlighted not just uh, here locally with TCU in Colorado on Saturday, but the big one nationally. Big new set. Well, it's 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 the big one for Saturday in the first slate. The big game nationally this weekend. Yeah, Florida State and LSU. Okay, I thought I was that's like, what I was getting. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought yeah. you were saying that the yes, Colorado locally team. TCU okay, Colorado. Whew, I thought you was about to. Never mind. No, the big okay. one. The big one this weekend is all, all, all due respect. All due respect to Coach Prime and 
everybody involved, Coach Dykes and TCU and Colorado. It's funny. We're going to go around the NFL here in just a second. I was talking with Mac Engel uh, this past weekend um, at the uh, Cowboys-Raiders game. And the scene, because he covers TCU for the uh, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the scene that he's anticipating with Colorado and Dion coming to M&G Carter Stadium this a, coming. A fun stadium. Woo! But isn't that like 45,000? And Carter? Packed to the roof. Yeah, man. Uh, on Saturday. That is going to be a wild scene that I can't wait to see and play you know out. what's going to be packed in a way that I imagine it isn't typically? Is the sweets. Because mm. they got TCU got some real nice sweets in yeah. G card, and I yeah. feel like that level of a uh, of a viewer will also be there. Yes, in droves in this game. Yeah, prime time going to be bringing all the eyeballs to that game on Saturday. But yeah, LSU Florida State, a game that already has college football playoff implications on it uh, during Week One of the college football season. Not for no Colorado. Oh, no, I'm talking about LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Larry, let's go around the National Football League here on your home of the Cowboys. Shout out to TJ Hawkinson, who today did something I'm sure a lot of players in his position who are really good at their position would love to do at some point in their NFL career, and that is reset the market at their particular position. TJ Hawkinson did that today. I thought you meant set his family for life. Well, that too. He he definitely did that uh, because he agreed to terms on a four-year contract extension with the Minnesota Vikings today worth up to 68 and a half million dollars mm. is coming from the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero. Don't worry, no audio there, so you're okay. <laughs> the average per year value on that deal, check this out, gentlemen, a whopping $17.125 million. That does, in fact, reset the tight end market, making him the highest paid tight end in all of the National Football League, George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a good move. Uh, it really did incredibly help that Vikings offense. Like that, that offense was not what you wanted to, what you wanted to look like early on in the season. It really, you know, made it functional again. And so I do understand why they spent that money. And also, like, it, I think that also speaks to, I mean, you you mentioned in in a roundabout way, just the idea of setting the market and how I imagine some of the better tight ends in this in this league are mm-hmm. now going to be looking and licking their chops you know chops to be able to get to back to the the no, negotiation table but I also think it points to the idea that hey man tight ends are going to have a little bit more responsibility in some of these offenses we're seeing the idea of more 12 personnel coming back around in the NFL as you know football like a lot of sports can be cyclical um, I think that the idea of getting tight ends on the multiple tight ends on the field again is something that teams are getting more comfortable with so um Good for TJ Hawkinson um, getting his money, and he deserves it, at least very particularly with that team. Hawkinson, with the 17.125 uh, APY, surpasses Darren Waller, who was making $17 million this year uh, on average for the New York Giants. George Kittle, $15.3 million. The $42.5 million in, total, so in terms of total guaranteed money for Hawkinson, uh, that is now number one in the NFL. George Kittle at number two with $40 million in total guarantees. Mark Andrews comes in at number three with $37.6 million in guaranteed money at the tight end position. So congratulations to TJ Hawkinson and also congratulations to Travis Kelsey. 
<laughs> because I'm sure he looked at that contract today and said, well. Mark Andrews is making 14 a year. A year. Congratulations to him as well. Mm-hmm. Like, just, just keep going down the list. Who else, wanna be, who else wants congratulations? Congratulations <laughs> to all y'all. Yeah, I'm making a bunch of money. Uh, speaking of making a bunch of money, Cooper Cup was one of the highest paid wide receivers in all the NFL. Uh, apparently suffering, suffering a setback when it comes to his hamstring injury. He's going to be day-to-day. This according to head coach Sean McVay of the Los Angeles Rams with the receiver experiencing a quote-unquote setback in his road back from a hamstring injury. Uh, McVay said on Thursday, Cup considered day-to-day initially sustained the hamstring injury back on August 1st, departing practice due to said injury. Uh, We will see if he can get back to full strength before uh, their regular season opener for the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to need him because that was one thing last year that derailed the Rams quite a bit was their inability to stay healthy, uh, especially at quarterback with Matthew Stafford. Sure, right? And that that I was going to skip all that and jump right to the question that I would like to ask you and all the listeners. Oh. When do you think the Rams are going to be some sort of, some semblance of good again? Because they did the F them picks. They, they mortgaged their future for the Super Bowl. And they really did. It, apparently, it's a 30-year or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they, they really did put down a mortgage because I do not – I just want to know, when do you foresee – when could you reasonably think, okay, they are in a situation – they would be in a situation again where we consider them some level of good and worth considering? Oh, boy. Uh, that's a great question. I don't think it's necessarily going to be this year um, with Seattle – excuse me, with San Francisco and Seattle being at the top of the uh, – the AL or the AL West, the NL West. Let me pull up this roster. Not the NL West either. What am I doing? The NFC West got baseball in the brain for some reason. It's it's a fun place to be. I went, I, right I went AL West, NL West. Nope. <laughs> Let's go to the NFC West. Yes, uh, but I got San Francisco and Seattle. And the Pacific, Pacific Division. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Of the of the NBA. That's right. Good call. <laughs> um, so I don't know when they're gonna be good again. Yeah, that that it's was. Not, it's not gonna be this year. Like, will will Cooper Cup still be on the team once they get good again? Because the tough thing about it also, you look at like the the talent on the team, and it's not it's not full. You know what I mean? Like it's they're not they're not abundant. And so, like, how do you then uh, refill the cupboard in a way? And I don't know. I have no idea. More power to y'all. Good luck with that. But guess what? A Super Bowl trophy looked good in that trophy case there. FM picks, man. <laughs> Did what they had to do. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl, uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Joe Burrow plans to be ready for week one. Uh, of course, he has been dealing with a strained right calf. Burrow practiced for the second time as many days after missing nearly six weeks with that lower leg injury. I had forgotten about that yeah. uh, for a while there. But, yeah, Joe Burrow was back. and looks like he is on track to start for the Cincinnati Bengals when they open up their season on September 10th against the Cleveland Browns. So, good yeah, I think news for them there. Was it Zach, Zach Taylor saying that no guarantees that he'd be the guy on week one, and they're just kind of bad? Ultimately, I think they're comfortable enough that once he gets back to it, it will be like he never left, back like he never left. But um, I understand whatever caution you want to take with that particular situation because uh, that's the money. That's well, the, the golden goose. Look, and when they sat him down six weeks ago, the idea was like, look, man, we, we don't need you right now anyway. As long as you're ready by the time we take the field against Cleveland, uh, week one of the, of the NFL, we're all good to go there. And it looks like he's going to be ready to go. Him and 
Jamar Chase are going to be so fun to watch this year um, and seeing what they do for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, did you see this with Aaron Rodgers over the weekend? Oh, God, what happened? So I don't know if you saw in their game between uh, the Jets and the Giants. Yeah. I saw that the game was played. It was played. Sure. Well, apparently on one play, it was a particular uh, oh, Jihad Ward. That when they they were jawing, right? Yeah. I don't, I I heard about it and I was like, don't care. <laughs> I couldn't. So apparently the war wars between Rodgers um, and the the Giants outside linebacker Jihad Ward have uh, apparently escalated. So apparently, quote, Rodgers said, he thought we were laughing at his teammate. That never happened. And I think he's making blank up. I don't care. End quote. Now, Ward took umbrage to the uh, Rodgers and the Jets, accusing them of laughing after Randall Cobb laid out safety Bobby McClain with an illegal blindside block in that game uh, that left him with a concussion. Uh, after that preseason game, yeah, not really laughing matter as far as I'm concerned, and I get if G- if Jihad, uh, goodness gracious, Ward, mm-hmm, correct? Mm-hmm. I apologize to that man because I smooth forgot his name in the middle of saying it. That's all right. Um, if Jihad Ward looks over and is like, "Hey, dog, nothing ain't nothing funny <laughs> around here." Like, I get why you go get in that man's face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I right, look. I feel like. I personally, if I was in that situation, would try and, you know, deal with it, do it with a little bit more, um, I don't know, diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. But Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, so. And apparently he don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, real quick, shout out to uh, Matt Corral. Remember, former Ole Miss quarterback. Yep. He's been claimed by the New England Patriots. That's after, right. After he was cut. The reason why I bring this up is it just reminds me of how horrendous Matt Rule was as a head coach. In Carolina, because a bunch of those players who he drafted, not even around anymore. I think it's like 20-something players that he drafted. Matt Corral was an interesting dude coming out of Ole Miss. The the one thing I find interesting about this is actually not the Carolina side, it's the New England side. You realize they cut Bailey Zappi, and thus Matt Corral is now the backup to Mac Jones, which makes me go... Did y'all do this so y'all could uh, cool the block down? Because, I mean, there was people that looked up and they were like, yo. Well, Zappi's back on the practice squad, so. Yeah, I guess that's, you know, maybe. I guess, but I was like, Zappi, I'm not going to do the thing where I do the hot take where Zappi is exactly as good as Mac Jones. People are ready to anoint him starter at one point last year. That's what I'm saying. So, like, did, <laughs> did they did they try and cool his jets to be like, hey, man, Mac is here. Hey, sit down, Bailey. Hey, hey you making the hot, the block too hot around here. They're like, we'll right. go get some Matt Corral cat to be the backup <laughs> so that y'all can act right in the stands. Somebody who's not going to take his job at this point. That's hilarious. That's your trip around the National Football League here on the Get Right. Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Coming up next year on our fine program. I have been doing my rewatch of the 2022 Cowboys. We have reached week 17 and 18 Let's see how the season, the regular season finished for the Cowboys last year. Next on 105 Through the Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.